Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. This is the only podcast that goes deep into Scripture, then tells you how to apply it to your life. So you can fulfill the very first command in the Bible to be fruitful and multiply for God's glory. And welcome to episode 59 of the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. Today we're going to start a two-series podcast on how to be an influence to others for God. Yeah, I could probably do it all in one podcast, but then it would get a little long and Well, my wife says they've been getting a little too long lately, (laughs) and I don't have enough funny stories. Boy, do I got a lot of funny stories. (laughs) So I'm going to say, let's shorten this up and make it into two, and then throw in a few stories. In fact, probably the tips for life is going to be a few funny stories. So hang on till the latter part of this podcast for that. We are commanded in Scripture to be light in a dark world. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says that. And we are to make a godly impact for Christ in all that we say and do. And to be an influence where God has placed us. And with those people he brings into our lives. The word influence is actually the essence of being a Christian. And it's one of the main ways we can glorify God. That's why it's one of the ways of the 16 ways to glorify God that I've come up with. It's being an influence. See, the word influence is to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone else. That means at home with your family, or (laughs) while visiting your relatives. (laughs) Hopefully it's a positive influence. And even at your job with your coworkers, everyone is an influence on someone else, either positively and uplifting and pointing towards God or the opposite of that. So please make your influence such that it's a glory to God and that he is at least pleased with you. You may get a personal evaluation from Jesus when you get to heaven. And one of the topics of discussion will be how you influence the people he brought into your path for him. Yeah, I believe that God brings people into our lives that we're to influence for him. Jesus used the term being salt and light. See, salt seasons food to make it better. Do you do that with other people? Do you make their life better? It also kills germs and weeds. (laughs) So I'll let you figure out how to do that. Maybe need to listen to one of my recent podcasts about how to deal with folks with differing opinions. (laughs) Okay. And light helps us to see more clearly when it's dark. And it helps keep us from stumbling and helps us find our way. So can you be that to other people? See, in every part of life, We are to be God's light in a dark world. When his light shines through us, we will influence others. Hopefully they know what we stand for and what we're known for. Not so much what we're against, but what we're for. 
which is shining light, not casting darkness. Another way of saying that is this. Be known for what you are for more than what you are against. That right there is a free TFL. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you a little story. When I picked out the wedding ring for my wife about 34 years ago, (laughs) I had an idea of the style that I wanted. I sort of knew what what it should look like. And so while at the jewelers, I saw several that kind of met what I was looking for, all of which were twice the price I could afford. But I was marrying up, so that was acceptable. (laughs) Just as the sweat beads formed on my forehead and oxygen became scarce in that sales room, a slick Porsche driving salesman came over (laughs) and asked if I wanted to see one. So I pointed and said, yes, please, one of those three over there. And I pointed to a row of rings. The salesman was very good. And before he pulled a ring out of the case, he laid a black velour cloth on the counter. He took one of the rings out of the case, the most expensive one, of course, hence the Porsche in the parking lot. Oh, by the way, if you're buying something, look and see what the salesman is driving. If his car is so expensive they don't even have a dealer for it in your area, (laughs) and his vanity license plate reads markup, look out. (laughs) Look out. Anyway, he swung over a bright light also, and then he set the ring on that black cloth. And, of course, he positioned that light just right so that it would really shine on that ring and sparkle directly into my eyes which made the diamond in that ring look a whole lot bigger than it actually was. (laughs) And it was almost like the light shined through that diamond to me that said, Buy me. Your marriage will be awesome. Well, the Christian life is a lot like that. You see, a diamond is a lump of coal that has been put under heat and pressure, like so many of our lives are, right? And then a jeweler, like Jesus, cuts that stone precisely and uniformly to get it into the shape of a diamond and to make sure that it sparkles when his light shines through us. It doesn't sparkle unless his light shines through us. And it really is noticeable when it's against a black backdrop or a dark environment. We are to let God's light shine through us. And among the dark backdrop of our world, that sparkle is very influential. Okay? Are you using your influence to inspire others like a diamond? Being a godly influence on others, like the sparkle from a diamond, brings glory to God and enhances God's kingdom, which we are commanded by Jesus to do. Matthew 6.33 says that when we use what God has entrusted to us, his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom, and his attributes through the gifts he has given us and to the people he has put in our path, we are a glory to God. And he will meet all of our needs because that is our purpose. That's what we seek first to do as our priority in life, at home, even at our job. So you're probably asking, how do we do that? Well, being an influence on others from a biblical point of view, of God shining through us, 
involves sharing the gospel of Jesus to others, involves helping people to grow and mature as Christians. And even that last one is called making disciples, which is the last command that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Being an influence on others means being someone who is pleasant to be around, someone who seems to love others. The best way I know is to treat others with grace, compassion, and care, and of course, forgiving them when they wrong you. Let God judge them. Let God judge the others, usually, (laughs) so you don't have to. And that allows you to care more about them. You know, Colossians 3.12 says to put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. And similarly, in Ephesians 4.32, we are told to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Being an influence can also mean being generous. Giving is influential. It includes giving your time, giving your ear, <laughs> such as listening to folks, which Ephesians 6.2 says, which is a great way of showing love for others. Giving of your services, such as helping widows or helping orphans or even others in need, which is what James one twenty seven says. Giving to charity and organizations and missions is also fantastic and a good way of being an influence. Helping those in need, especially those in your family and your household, as 1 Timothy 5.8 says, is your priority. So doing so lovingly, happily, and do so as if you're doing it for Jesus. That's what Matthew 25.45 says. Which brings me to another point. Who do we do this to? Well, first and foremost, we are to care for and be a godly influence to those members in our family. Again, 1 Timothy 5.8 says that. It says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's serious stuff, isn't it? The word provide in that passage means more than money. It includes everything God wants for your family, that he wants to come from you and through you for him. It includes words of encouragement, uplifting others, helping others to succeed or to accomplish their goals, maybe even removing the obstacles that are preventing your family members from reaching their goals or blossoming into a wonderful Christian. This pattern that we see in Scripture of all of these is really clear. We're to be a mentor or an influence to someone. And we are to be influenced by someone. So have somebody or someones, (laughs) some buddies, (laughs) be an influence on you, you know, like a pastor or listening to podcasts (laughs) or sermons. And then be a mentor to someone else, too or several someone else's. I think we all have an effect on the people we're in contact with. It's either positive or negative. Hopefully it's not just neutral. At least somebody that you have a conversation with, 
you should hopefully have an influence on. I would argue that if your influence is not positive, then it might be negative. You either give to others or you take away from others. You fill their bucket or you drain their bucket. (laughs) I got that bucket metaphor from a book called How Full Is Your Bucket by Tom Rath and Donald O'Clifton. It's a pretty good book. It's real short and easy to read. But everybody has a bucket sort of metaphor. It's a person's sense of well-being or even joy. And you have a psychological dipper in you that can either take away from somebody else's bucket with unkind words or actions or not doing something that you should. Or you can add to their bucket by kind words or actions or doing something for them with no expected return of any kind. Just add to their bucket and smile. (laughs) Remember, the choice is yours. You can either glorify God when you add to another's bucket, or you can throw that all out the window and take away from somebody else's bucket. Which one do you think God's more pleased with? Which one glorifies God? Which is one of the main reasons you have been created. As God says in Isaiah 43, 7, You have been created for my glory. And in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And you do that by being salty (laughs) and shining like light in a dark room. Oh, and let me tell you this from experience. That takes a little more effort to be salty (laughs) and light. It's a lot easier and a lot lazier to not be. So it does take effort. So be intentional about being light and being a good influence and letting Christ shine through you to others. For today's tip for life, I'm going to tell you how to enjoy Yellowstone Park in ways that you probably don't know about or never even thought of. See, I grew up just on the outside of Yellowstone Park, and I've lived there almost all my life in a couple different places, but still within an hour's drive of Yellowstone. So I've been there hundreds and hundreds of times, summers and winters. I mean, we even was some of the first people to go into Yellowstone Park in the winter on snowmobile. And I remember one time we were through there in the mid to early 70s, and we got into this big park, and it had just snowed, you know, like a foot and a half or so of snow. So the powder was fantastic. And we were jumping snow drifts and playing in kind of an open field real close to Yellowstone Lake. And it was actually really cold, like it is in winter. <laughs> and my, my snowmobile helmet had a visor that kept frosting up. So I stopped and was cleaning the frost off of my visor when I looked back and saw one of my friends jump a snowdrift. And he stopped and he stood up on his snowmobile and he looked back. And what he had done was he jumped a buffalo with his snowmobile. See, the buffalo was laying down and the snow had kind of piled up on it. And it was still still laying there because this was fairly early in the morning. And as soon as he jumped over that, he could see the buffalo's head. And that buffalo stood up and started chasing after him through the deep snow. So he, he bared down on the throttle and got out of the way. 
<laughs> so not very many people who can say they have jumped a buffalo. <laughs> so no, that's actually not a, something to do to enjoy Yellowstone Park. Just thought I would tell a funny story. In fact, maybe I'll tell another one <laughs> or, or more than one. Do you remember in the 70s and 80s, CB radios were really popular? And if you're traveling through Yellowstone in a caravan, you could talk to each other through the CB radio or listen to other people talking to each other. You know, tourists who have never been to the mountains or never seen wild animals like that, asking questions (laughs) over the air. And, of course, I have a a good answer to every one of them. (laughs) Here are some of the questions. I remember one was a kind of a younger kid, evidently, but was saying, where do the deer or the elk go in the winter? Well, I got on and I said, they hibernate. They go into holes. And the little kid said, well, how do they get into the holes with their horns or their antlers on? Well, I put the microphone up to my mouth and I said, well, their horns and their antlers fall off. They fall off in the fall so they can get into their holes. And in the spring, they grow back. And then somebody else got on and said, oh, yeah, that, that, that guy's right, because I have seen horns and antlers laying on the ground. And I just came from a place in Jackson Hole where they're all stacked up in like an archway. So, yeah, that must be what they do. <laughs> oh, and then one kid said, what's the difference between a horn and an antler? Of course, I have an answer for that. I said, well, an antler is solid and a horn is hollow. You can actually blow through it. <laughs> oh, come on now. That's funny. <laughs> oh, and one, one guy was talking about being a ranger, and he was telling probably a, a nephew or something in, in another car that you should think about being a, being a ranger. And that other person got back on and said, no, because I don't want to have to shave the back end of a buffalo. That must take forever. Look how many buffalo there are here. (laughs) Oh, and here's another one. One person said, when do the deer turn into the elk? And I got on and I said, it's elevation. I think it's about 7,000 feet. Above 7,000 feet, you pretty much only see elk. And below that is mostly deer. So that's where they turn into elk, 7,000 feet. Okay, well, hopefully your eyes are starting to leak and it's becoming really hard for you to see the road as you're driving to or from work if you're listening to this podcast as a commute. Oh, boy. Hey, how about one more? How to influence others. (laughs) When I was in junior high school, there was a couple of guys. I knew who they were, but I didn't know them very well. But there was some construction going on next to Old Faithful. And they got some of the piping and valves kind of off of the side of the construction site. They probably worked there, but they got them off to the side into the trees. And when Old Faithful was just about ready to go off, they started shouting at one guy to another. He says, okay, 60 seconds. And they had this piping set up with a big valve, 30 seconds. And then about 15 seconds. Okay, start the initial Initial turn, just as Old Faithful, you know, it starts to go off a little bit, a little bit. And then just as it's about to go full blower, then the guy shouts, okay, open her wide. And the guy turns the valve and opens it up. 
and people are like looking over there and then they're going over there taking pictures of them and and got their old camcorders and <laughs> well needless to say they got in big trouble in fact they were kicked out of the park for life <laughs> kind of the wrong way to influence others anyway hopefully that's brought a little joy into your life that's what Christians are to be, is joyous. We have this underlying joy in Christ, and that's part of being an influence to others. Let that joy bubble out like a Yellowstone hot springs. And hopefully folks will see that and ask you about the joy and the hope that you have, and you have a chance to share Christ with them. Truthful stories now, not like humorous fun ones. <laughs> Wait, Kevin. Did you say that the deer actually don't hibernate then? Where do they go in the winter? Well, they go to work for Santa. In next week's episode, I will talk a bit more about how to influence others, including giving God an ROI, a return on what he has invested in you. So join me next time, and we'll continue with some practical applications of how to be salt and light and influence others. And if you want to read some of these, except for most of the humor stories, <laughs> it's in chapter 9 of my book, Your Glorious Endeavor, How to Glorify God, Be Well-Pleasing to Him, and Worship Him Acceptably. And you can get that wherever books are sold, including Amazon. Also, if you want to buy it directly from me, it will be cheaper, because I will give you a code where you can get a 20% discount and free shipping. If you go to gloriousendeavor.com, gloriousendeavor.com, and click on store, and then when you purchase the book, it'll ask for a coupon code, and that code is the word glorify. And that'll get you 20% off and free shipping. And I might even sign it and put a little note in there about where elk and deer actually do go in the winter. And remember, you can connect with me through my website, bluejeanschristian.com. It's all one word, bluejeanschristian.com. And you can leave a tip in the tip jar if you appreciated the stories. <laughs> and send me an email if you want more. Or if you want me to get back to being all real serious, I could do that too. Okay, thanks so much for listening, folks. Until next time, see you later. Later.